If you're affected by anything discussed on this podcast or you just want to talk, please reach out to someone for help and support. You can also reach out to ManBlues via email at manblues at gmx.com, at manbluesuk on Twitter, or find us on Mastodon by searching for at manblues. We're not qualified to help, but we can listen. Please don't suffer in silence. I'm Leon Deggs, and this is Man Blues. This week's episode is about unsolicited advice. Okay, what do I mean? As I say, you're getting used to the format of this podcast now. Um, what do I mean? Well, unsolicited advice involves receiving information, advice, input, or suggestions from others that you've not requested. This advice is often unwanted and can leave you feeling irritated, shamed, or judged. I mean, come on. You know the type. Um, you're in the middle of doing something you've done many times before, and you're already doing it to your best ability. And then someone wades in, usually a man, to tell you how to improve or change what you're doing. So what are we saying? Because advice is often welcomed when sought out. You ask for advice and you're often grateful to receive it. I suppose if you're a total novice at something, um, then advice and help is almost necessary. For instance, um, when my son had a prank with his car in a car park, he rang me to get advice as he knew that I'd not only be succinct, but also would probably have that mental checklist that he needs. His mother would have been just as good at giving the right advice, but he knew how to get a calm, level-headed response from me. However, if you've been doing something relatively well for some time and then someone explains how you could do better without you asking, that's unsolicited advice. And my example from that is quite simple. I've been playing badminton to an embarrassingly poor level for many years. I can hold my own in a game against you know peers. Uh, I'm not great. I'm not terrible. I've got some skills. You know, I can move around the court. I'm not that bad. And then I found there was a local badminton night at the leisure centre. So I roped in a friend of mine who's excellent. I mean, he's really good. He's like two or three levels above me, and he's an excellent badminton player and I played against him and lost against him a lot um, so we both went down just to see what it was like and because I'd played against this friend of mine so many times I knew his weaknesses I knew how to get inside his game but it didn't always work because I'm not that good a player so when I was trying to do the short serves or the long serves they weren't always working and the chap on my team then just leans in and starts saying to me you know, you want to try this, you want to try that. You know, like I was a novice, like I'd never played badminton before. Okay, I'm not great, but I am, as I said right at the top of the episode, doing it to the best of my ability. I can't get better than that because of age, because of ability, because of skill set, you name it. So I was already doing the best I could. But this chap felt the need to comment on how I can improve my game against this guy I've been playing against many, many times. So he was saying, try this. And I was like, no, it's not going to work. And then, I'd, you know, serve again, lose again. And then he said, no, no, you really need to try this. I'm going, no, it won't work. So then he sort of stopped me and said, but why do you keep saying it won't work? I said, because I know exactly what he's good at and I know what he's bad at. And I'm trying to play the shots that he's bad at. 
I said, but I'm not good enough to play the shots that he's bad at. And the guy was like, just do what I'm telling you and you'll, you'll get points off him. And I went, well, it's your serve. You do it. You play exactly what you're trying to tell me to do. And you'll get points off him. And guess what? He didn't. He didn't get points off my friend because my friend was able to defend those shots a lot better and he was winning point after point after point. But that didn't stop this old guy thinking it was okay to give me advice that I hadn't asked for. And he also didn't come up to me and apologize and tell me that I knew best and that I was right. Didn't give me that credit. So what's my problem? I honestly don't believe, genuinely don't believe I've ever received advice like that from a woman. I mean, I've been racking my brains to try to remember a time when I've sort of been schooled like that and I've had somebody do that with me. And I suppose the other way to explain it would be that if I had received such advice from a woman, it hasn't stood out. I've not been able to remember it. And I think, why? Because surely a woman has given me some advice on how to do something that I'm doing and tell me to do it better. Surely she has. Someone must have done. So I was thinking, is it because we're programmed maybe to listen to our mothers in a different way to how we're programmed to listen to our fathers? Because I kind of feel I have this issue with my son. Or rather, my son has this issue with me. He will respond to the self-same advice from his mother in a very different way to the advice I give him. And it's the same advice. Is it about the delivery? Is it about the delivery vessel? Is it about the delivery mechanism? Is it about unconscious intention? Does my son feel that when I'm giving him advice that I'm trying to show him I'm better than him? I mean, I'm not. But is that where it comes from? This old man walking up to me on the badminton court telling me how to beat my friend. Is that me thinking, well, I'm not going to listen to you, you old git, because... You're an old git who's trying to prove that he's better than me. And yet, you know, when he tried that shot and tried those moves, it, they didn't work. So who was right? It was me, wasn't it? And that, you know, that was my takeaway from that story. I tell that anecdote quite a lot about that old man who came and tried to school me how to play badminton because that stuck in my head. But I can't remember a time when a woman's done it because, as I say, is it the method of delivery? Because it sort of flies in the face of my son's phone call that he did after the car park bump because if my son is looking at me as like he doesn't want to take my advice because he fears the one-upmanship and he fears the whole me lording it over him then why did he ring me for advice because that time he needed my advice so it was welcomed when it came but when I explain something that he's doing now that could be improved upon he rejects it and seems to even rebel against it a case in point is way before lockdown I used to do some weekly running I'd go around running around the local docks with some friends of mine uh, a nice little route if you ran around it twice it was a five kilometer little stretch great and I would take my son down and I would sort of say to him you know try to run like this try to do a bit more of that change your breathing change your feet listen to the rhythm blah 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 and give him all this advice and he just wouldn't pay attention just wouldn't listen because his dad was telling him and then I was talking to a friend of mine a few weeks later about it and I said, you know, you kind of despair a bit because you're giving your son advice on how to be better and he's just ignoring it because he doesn't want to or, you know, because his dad's telling him or whatever. And then a further three or four weeks after that, my friend came down to the docks and ran with me and my son. And my friend sort of unconsciously 
gave my son the exact same advice I'd been giving him. My son listened to him and finished about five minutes ahead of me. As I say, my takeaway from that story was not, why did he listen to my friend? My takeaway from that story was, why didn't he listen to me? I don't really have an answer for that. I think, is it because the advice was coming from someone else as opposed to his parent? As I say, as a father and as a man, it's hard to just give somebody advice for something that you've observed. As I say, advice is often welcomed if it's been asked for, but if you just offer it without that person asking you to, that's kind of where it falls down. So if you feel maybe that you're the kind of person who does this, there is help for you out there. And, you know, we do like to give you advice here on this podcast. There's two stances to this, really. There's the stance where are you the sort of person who gives the advice and, you know, we can give you tips on what to try to stop doing that. But there's also the other side of it, which is how you can change how you feel when you receive that kind of advice. So let's let's have a look at that first. So once you get over the initial shock of receiving the advice, it might help you to understand why that happened. So I read this and done this research for this episode. And my initial thought was I should apply that to the story about the badminton guy. So people give advice for many different reasons, some of which are well-intentioned. Others are less so. The key is being able to tell the difference. Understanding a person's motives can be especially helpful. For example, you might react differently to a friend who is trying to help versus a stranger who is actually delivering thinly veiled criticism. And that's very true. That said, I also have friends who they give advice, but their advice is thinly veiled criticism. And I've had advice from strangers that's been absolutely superb. Why do people give unsolicited advice? Well, one of the reasons is they're trying to genuinely be helpful. Okay, that can be hard to spot at the time that it's coming though, because it really can be. They also do it to get someone to do what they want or what they think is right. Because they think that we already have the answers and that they know more than others. Also, they might be excited about a new product or a new idea or a service and they just want to share that. And that's fine. But maybe, and this is quite interesting, maybe they want to reduce their own anxiety. And I thought that was a really poignant question. Has that person come up to me and talked to me about how I play badminton because he thinks that, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I struggle to crowbar that one into my particular situation. I really do. I, I can't see that fitting onto this mold. The rest of it I can sort of come to terms with. But conversely, if you're the sort of person who is giving the advice, here's some examples of what you can try to stop. So number one, which when I read it out, you're going to facepalm. But number one is ask permission before offering advice or suggestions. If you ask nicely and people think it's well-intentioned, then why would they say no? And number two is ask, why do I want to offer advice right now? What do I think is going to come of it? What am I trying to achieve? Number three, is there something else that I can do that would be more helpful? Number four, is there someone more qualified who could advise this person? I mean, that to me is how it felt. 
This was just an old man on a badminton court. I mean, I keep mentioning the fact that he was old. He was older than me, that's unfair. But he was an old man on a badminton court trying to tell me how to play the game. I'm like, this is not my first night playing this game. So he should have asked himself the question, is there someone more qualified to advise me? Uh, number five, can I let them decide or figure this out on their own? As in, should I just leave them to it? It's quite an important question to ask yourself. Number six, what else can I do to reduce my anxiety or discomfort? If you watch somebody doing something wrong and you get a kind of an itch in the middle of your spine, you need to work on that or you need to start at number one to ask for permission before you offer your advice. Number seven, can I accept that my ideas are not the only good ideas? Number eight, how can I be supportive without giving unsolicited advice? I have no idea what the answer to that question is. How can you support somebody? I mean, other than telling them how well they're playing or how well they're doing. I don't know. That's a really, really tricky one. That had me thinking for a long time. And finally, number nine. Can I focus on listening and understanding instead of fixing and instructing? Would this be supportive and respectful? If you can ask yourself those nine questions, if you're the sort of person who you feel might be going out there and giving this unsolicited advice to people, ask yourself those nine questions before you do it. I mean, start at number one, obviously, but ask yourself those questions. And it might be tricky to get a handle on it at first, because bear in mind, the person on the other side of the conversation might not be ready for it. They might not want the advice. But if you're offering it because you just think, oh, you're not doing that the way I would do it. I mean, a case in point is, whenever I got new people on my team at work, because they look to me as being, because I've you know, got the most experience, they look to me as being the sort of the expert, if you will. I, I hate that word personally, um, because I don't think I am an expert. I'm just, you know, I've just been doing it longer. So it doesn't make me an expert. It just makes me someone who's been doing it longer. I've got slightly more experience. But the first comment I make to people who join the team is I always say, just because I've done it that way doesn't mean that's the way I expect it to be done. If you've got a better way of doing something that I've been doing this way for years, teach me, educate me, show me how to do it better. Because by no stretch of any imagination is my way the best way. And in fact, when it comes down to the work I do, I have a kind of a hierarchical model that I want to solve it with that particular technology. And if that doesn't work, I step back to a sort of a, an older style of technology. And if that doesn't work, I step back and I step back and I step back. And then I find myself getting more and more angry with myself if I've had to step back so far that the only way for me to solve it was to use some really old tech that no one else can support. Because that just means I'm putting a measure in place and I'm putting a system in place that nobody can support. And that's why I say to these new starters on my teams, if you know a better way, show me. And I think that means that I'm telling them, this is my feeling on this. I feel when I say that, they are getting that clear understanding that they can tell me I'm doing something wrong because I've asked for their advice. That's different. When it's being asked for, it's usually welcomed. And then, of course, it falls down to the delivery. It's all about how you say what you say. If you've got a little smug smile on your face and you're kind of going, that's not how I would serve the shuttlecock, then you can step off the court and go and disappear and never come back because that kind of advice isn't wanted. That's just lording it over somebody else because you're better than them. And that's not welcome at all. And that's what you need to bear in mind. You need to remember that. 
if you're walking in there with the attitude of Haha, I can do it better than you then shut your mouth and walk away because you're not wanted all right you know I, we're getting to the point in this podcast now where I've got some really good format layouts you know we, it's all flowing nicely they're all pieced together in a cute little way and I like to sign off with my standard outro which I'm sure you're looking forward to but this time I decided to keep it short and to keep it simple by saying this I'm Leon Deggs and my advice would be to thanks for listening